0: Are you looking for ways to be happier, healthier, more productive, and more creative? Gretchen Rubin is the number one best-selling author of The Happiness Project, and every week she shares insights and practical solutions in the Happier with Gretchen Rubin podcast. Gretchen's co-host and happiness guinea pig is her sister Elizabeth Craft, a Hollywood showrunner. Join Gretchen and Elizabeth as they reveal fresh insights from cutting-edge science, ancient wisdom, pop culture, and their own experiences about cultivating happiness and good habits. Every week, they offer a manageable try-this-at-home tip you can use to boost your happiness without spending a lot of time, energy, or money. Suggestions such as follow the one-minute rule, choose a one-word theme for the year, or design your summer. They also feature segments like Know Yourself Better, where they discuss questions like are you an overbuyer or underbuyer, a morning person or night person, Abundance lover or simplicity lover. And every episode includes a happiness hack. A quick, easy shortcut to more happiness. Listen and follow Happier with Gretchen Rubin an Odyssey podcast. Available now free on the Odyssey app and wherever you get your podcasts. Icon's Did you ever watch True Blood? I was obsessed. I thought the men on that show, Alexander Skarsgård, Ryan Quanten, I was in love with him when that show was airing. And I thought it was just so good. And so that's why I'm so excited to tell you about the new season of the Truest Blood podcast. The Truest Blood podcast is fantastic. If you haven't listened before, it's hosts Kristen Bauer and Deborah Ann Wall, who rewatch and tell true stories from the set of HBO's iconic series, True Blood. They discuss the episodes, the blood, both fake and real, and all the sexy bites in between. And this season of the podcast, they cover seasons three and four of True Blood, uh, where there's more werewolves, witches, and vampire royalty on the show. Plus, they have really great people who worked behind the scenes of the show coming on and talking about the show. Lots of that to come. I think we're all pop culture junkies here, and one of the things that I love about pop culture is seeing how the sausage is made, and so I think that's why we're all going to be so excited to listen to the Truest Blood podcast. So check it out, uh, and also check out the show True Blood, Watch all episodes of True Blood on Max, and listen to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, 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 yeah. What am I supposed to do with my clothes? There's no hangers. <laughs> if you you have a real sick thing about hangers, there, there's just clothes on them I can move. Kyle, them. please look. There's not one inch for me to put one thing. Look. What are these? Oh, where do I put them? Where is room to put anything? I'm, I'm getting rid of some of these things and making space. I mean, how much space do you need? You said you were going to. I don't know what to tell you. This is not a big house. No, no. it's great. I, I'm very comfortable. I had a, I had a great class. I Kyle, where do I put them? I mean, Splits Richards, the least she could have done is clear out that basement closet because she stuck Sister Kathy down there in the bunk beds in the haunted room, made her sleep there on the whole cast trip. And I think they're just pushing Kathy's buttons. Like, I think they're wanting Kathy to blow up. And I'm starting to realize what Kim said at the Amsterdam dinner when she said to Kyle, Kathy would have my back like a real sister. I'm starting to see that so much more clearly as we're exploring the dynamic between Kath and Kyle, because I do, in fact, believe that Kyle... Kyle does not have their backs like a real sister all the time. We're seeing in the previews for next week, Kath wants to promote her tequila that she invested in, and the whole cast is now drinking 818 tequila to support the Jenner gals. And meanwhile, those gals don't need any more promotion. Aren't they good enough on the Kardashians? they got a whole Hulu show to promote their 818 tequila. I mean, the least that these Beverly Hills Housewives can do is help Kathy support her tequila brand that she invested in. Meanwhile, we have whole episodes centered around that Rina Rose piss water or whatever it is. I mean, excuse me, allegedly. And so Kathy just wants to get a little promo out of the tequila business. And Kyle does not have her back. And Kyle's not sticking up for her tequila. And instead, they're all drinking the 818 next week. And then Kyle's throwing her sister in the basement, the haunted basement. I mean, I'm just noticing these things. And there's so many layers to it all, too. And this was the best episode of the season. I do believe of the best episode of The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills this year. Because, like I always say, we want the layers. And this gave us layers. Because we got bamboozled Jane arguing with the whole group about her legal drama. Then we have underneath that, Kyle sticks up and says, Well, Erica, you just need to have some empathy. And Erica Jane is just like, Well, I'm going to let the court of law do its thing. And I'm going to... And so Kyle's like, well, you just need to fucking say something. And then Kath chimes in and is like, Kyle, stop swearing. And it's just these layers, you guys. It was so good. And the altitude is really doing something to these gals. And I want to say bravo to bravo because we need to throw more ladies up in that altitude. I don't know how it works. I'm not sure the science behind it, but we need to get every cast there. There should be a Real Housewives of Aspen, okay? What are we doing in Dubai? Let's get an Aspen. Camera's rolling because we got an altitude issue, and it makes the women nuts there. And so let's do it. Let's just throw them up there. Throw them up there. Now, before we get into the episode, we got so much to talk about today. Oh, so much to discuss. Not only this episode. Again, best of the season by far. The Potomac Gals trailer premiered. Oh, so good. We'll talk about that a little bit later. And what else happened? Oh, off screen, Diana Jenkins of Room 23 fame donated $100,000 to the victims, the orphans and widows of Bamboozled Jane's crimes. Allegedly. And I do have to say bravo to Diana Jenkins for donating $100,000. At least somebody's given something. Erica Jane's not willing to give up those earrings that were bamboozled by the law firm into her ears, but at least Diana Jenkins has given some money. Now, is it going to make me like Diana Jenkins? I don't think so. Certainly not. Not I, not me. It's not it is not going to happen. Too little, too late in the words of our dear Jojo. And I do think there's maybe a PR spin involved, but who cares? Because it's going to the orphans and widows, the people who could use the money. And I don't have $100,000 to donate, but I'm happy somebody is, especially if someone like Diana's got the money to do so. Although I do wonder the logistics of it, because Bamboozle Jane, is she pissed that Diana Jenkins is just throwing around willy-nilly hundred k to these orphans and widows? And meanwhile, she can't even give up the earrings that go on, on the ears? She can't even give up the clutches? And what is she talking about, the McQueen snakeskin? bag or what i don't know she's talking about some expensive thing later so at least someone's given up something and i would like uh kyle the splits richards to donate some of them hats because i've seen enough of them hats enough enough no, enough Her and Mauricio just wearing the hats. Oh, and are you guys catching all the Mauricio Dorit stuff? Because the producers are playing into the fact that we all have this running rumor theory thing that Dorit and Mauricio have like a secret love affair, which I don't think they actually do have a secret love affair, but they are playing into it. They want us to think that. And so I just have to say that's what they're presenting to us. There was a moment in the dinner where Dorit was like talking about chicken sausage and she had like a flirtatious moment. She's like, What is this? And then Maurice was like, That's the chicken sausage you ordered. And they were like smiling and giggling at each other. And then when Maurice showed up on the ski slopes, Dorit was like, Hey honey and she like did a little cute little giggle. And they don't even show Mauricio you know, greeting his wife, Kyle. They just show him greeting Dorit, and you know the logistics behind the scenes. I'm sure splits is pissed. Like, why do they keep showing that footage? And then I bet you production is like, "What? We're not doing any of that." You know, like they're probably trying to play like as if they're not trying to play into the fact that Dorit and Mauricio have this flirtatious love affair happening. But I love it. And layers, we're getting the layers, Kathy. I know that I was expecting to get to Aspen trip and turn on Kathy, but up until this point, I'm on her side. She's running around going to the Aspen dinner. With a a shopping bag? I mean, she just had a shopping bag purse, and God bless that. And Kyle keeps making fun of everything about Kathy, and I think that's why I'm on Kath's side, because Kyle is making fun of the bag. She's making fun of the slippers she wore at the airport. Who the fuck cares what you wear at the airport? I mean, she's wearing slippers to the airport. You got to get on a plane. I'm just happy if she's got socks or something covering her hooves on the airplane because I've been on airplanes before. And you know how I feel about that. Nobody should be barefooted on an airplane. I don't care if you got great looking hooves or not. I don't want to see your dirty grippers on the plane while I'm trying to watch my DirecTV. I don't like it. You better put those away. So at least Kath had some socks on, some slippers from the hotel, and she was cozy on a plane, because who wants to get on a plane and not be cozy? And meanwhile, Kyle's like, "Ah, Kath, I can't believe you wore that. What's this ugly bag? And she's just bullying her sister. And I'm like, you need to cool it, Kyle, because you're running around in that ugly-ass hat. I swear, Kyle and Mauricio have just a whole closet that just says, like, Aspen hats. And it's just... (laughs) Like, you know, some people have like, I don't know, a shoe closet, or I actually have this one little shelf in a closet that's like my candles, which I you know, I love my three wicks. So I have all my scented candles in this one little shelf, and it's like, my I call it my candle closet. And I just know that Kathy and Mauricio, or Kyle and Mauricio, they just have a closet that's like ugly ass Aspen hats, or they... (laughs) I just hate those hats. I don't think they're so ugly. I just like it's something about just seeing every scene of Kathy or Kyle. Why do I keep mixing it up? Kyle and Mauricio wearing those hats and Aspen because also they're wearing them at dinner. And I was always taught that you do not wear a hat at the dinner table. So what's the truth? What's the truth? I don't know. But, Oh, so the, uh, what do we talked about Dorit and Mauricio? Oh, I have so many thoughts to talk about. Uh, let's start back. Let's go back to the beginning. Now, again, we open on Kyle's house. It's the morning. Kathy's in the bunk bed with no hangers. Kyle's being a bully. And Rina and Erica are talking about Diana, and they keep saying Diana was, like, hurt the night before. And I know I just said all these nice things about Room 23's Diana Jenkins because she donated 100 k to the orphans and widows, but now it's about to turn. The table's are about to turn. In the words of that cast member on Selling the OC, one thing about the tables, they turn. I don't know if anyone's watched that series. (laughs) Some of you have no idea what I'm talking about, but one thing about the tables is that they turn, and so they're saying that Diana was just hurt, and then they're also blaming like the altitude for how Diana Jenkins is like calling Sutton to see you next Tuesday, and then they talk about how Sutton's a mean girl. Like this was this was driving me wild, and I don't know that I've ever seen such a large cast of unlikable characters in my entire life watching Bravo television, but largely this cast seems to be so not self-aware. And so when I'm sitting there watching and they're saying, Sutton's always a mean girl, I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? And they're like, she just doesn't know how to act in groups. Like, she's good one-on-one. Kyle's like, I love her one-on-one. And Erica's like, yeah, she's great. Rina's like, it's just when she comes on groups. And it's like, they just keep saying it's only when she's around the group. And it's like, yeah, because when you're all a group, you're all a bunch of assholes. Like, that's <laughs> That's why Sutton don't know how to act because she's around a group of assholes who are all bullying up against her. So it's like, yeah, of course Sutton is weird in a group because the group is a bunch of assholes who are all friends and they're mean to her. And I mean, it's like, come on, how could people be so like, how could they all be so unself-aware? And then to just back Diana, and you know how I feel about this, I think. They have this thing with Diana, even though seemingly Diana hasn't really offered up much other than uh, she's very gorgeous. She's got a great style. I do want to give her that. Although in the skiing scene, she was dressed as Jim Carrey in The Grinch, but that's neither here nor there. The point is I do think she has wealthy style, and I do think these gals always back the money. They always back the money. Always, and so I do think that they have Diana's back in a way that they haven't had someone like Sutton or Garcelle or some of these other new gals who come on the show, and that's because Diana is richer than all of them. Diana could throw away hundred K to the orphans and widows. The rest of the gals can't do that, or maybe they can, they just don't want to. Ladies and right. but. I think that's why they have this like hard on for Diana Jenkins, whereas we're all watching this and we're like, I don't, I think most of the audience is like, what the fuck? Like, why are they all up Diana's ass? And then I'm looking at it and it's like, oh, they are up there because they want a piece of that pie, piece of that money pie. If you know what I'm saying, they like all of Diana's. Also got a bunch of famous friends, and what do we say about the housewives? One thing that these women go on the housewives for is for fame. Because they have the money, oftentimes. Some of them do. Some of them don't. I mean, we've seen some bleak people. I mean, Gina in the Orange County. Huh? Huh? Let's think about that house, that casita. So they don't all have a ton of money. But for the most part on Beverly Hills, it's like, what are they doing this show for unless it's for the fame? And it's like they want to be famous, but they can't. And so Diana Jenkins of Route 23 fame, she has a lot of famous friends, a lot of money. And so I imagine that's appealing to these women who are in Hollywood, in Los Angeles, and who want a piece of that money pie. And maybe Diana is different, but from what we've seen, I don't know that we've seen a whole lot of, like, anything great from Diana. Although I'm missing Asher, okay? Girl! I feel like we haven't had Asher in a few weeks, and I miss him terribly. And so one of the things that I am concerned about losing Diana, because, no, I do not think she'll be back next season. I certainly do not. I do not think she'll be back at all. I actually don't even think there's a prayer of a, what's the saying? A prayer of a hell's chance? That's not a saying. But anyway, I don't think there's a a chance in hell, a chance in hell that she's coming back. And yet, and yet, I'm going to miss Asher like I have these past few weeks. So maybe they're phasing out Asher to get us all adjusted to the fact that those two will not be on screen next season unclear. Oh, I think they're filming the uh, reunion this week. Did anyone else hear that? I wonder how that's going to go. I wonder if Bamboozle is really upset that Diana gave 100 k to the orphans and widows. And do you think it was all publicity? Am I too cynical? Am I just thinking that Diana just did that to get some people on her side because she was realizing the audience by and large hates her completely? I mean, I've never seen an audience of Housewives watchers turn on someone so quickly and rapidly and uh, so in such large groups. I mean, I don't know many people that really love Diana on the show. And so I have to imagine there was some level of PR play there. But maybe that's just me being cynical. And I need to to get over it. I need to get over it. But I believe that. So, okay, these women are all getting ready for the day. They're going to do some snowmobiling. Erica's going with Sheree, Sutton, and Garcelle, which is like, why? And then the other gals are going skiing. And uh, let's see. When Diana showed up to – this was interesting. Diana showed up to the ski group – because she's at the hotel with Dorit now. Dorit went to the hotel. But they show up, and everyone cheered and clapped for Diana when she showed up in that Grinch uh, jacket. And I thought it was so weird, because I've never seen them cheer and clap for anyone else. But it's all because of the money, I believe. And I think maybe that's me being cynical and pessimistic too, but I really feel like that's the only thing they like about her. Because I don't even see them really connecting with her. Like, I don't see Diana and Kyle sitting down and having a good chat or, like, laughing and giggling together. I don't see that happening with Diana and Rinna. I don't see that happening with Diana and Dorit. And yet, here they are all clapping, like, Yay, Diana! And I'm like, what are you all clapping for? You're all just pretending to like her. <laughs> just because it's the only reason I can think of is because she's rich. Maybe I'm wrong. Anyway, uh, they go to the snowmobile and the snowmobile guy who's like going to teach him how to do the snowmobile, he's like, who's excited? You know, he's like really overboard. And I love this about him, but he was like, who's excited a snowmobile? And they're all just like, uh, well, I, I guess. And then he's like, don't be nervous. And I was like thinking, they're not nervous. They just all despise each other. <laughs> like, like Erica, there, it doesn't even make any sense why this group is together. I know that Erica said she had a bunch of knee surgeries or something, and so she went snowmobiling, but then Kathy didn't even go. She just slept in the house in the bank, basement bunk bed. So I don't think they all had to go, and yet uh it was so weird that they were together. It was so weird. And then they gave us like this like sort of fast and the furious type scene that they always do on Beverly Hills as if that's what we want, like to see them racing fast in snowmobiles. I'm like, let's get to the juicy stuff. I don't care that they're riding in these fast cars. Why do they always think that we want fast cars and freedom out of the Beverly Hills S Just want to show them eating dinner and yelling at each other. Like that's what I tune in for, not them just riding fast in a snowmobile. And I like the sports of it all. Like I like seeing the skiing part. I mean, watching Dorit go down that ski slope, ugh. You guys, whew, I loved it. I loved it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, I loved it. So I could watch that. But in terms of getting on fast vehicles, I don't need it. I don't need it. One thing, though, uh, over on the skiing, Diana kept huffing and puffing. And I really think that's the most relatable she's ever been. When she just could not catch her breath. Because I, as someone who suffers from anxiety, I often feel like I show up someplace huffing and puffing. And I'm just like, <sighs> And then the one thing about Diana, though, is they had to keep subtitling that she was breathing hard. And I was like, I think we could see that she's breathing hard. I don't even needed to subtitle it. But I was relating to her on that point. Uh, but Dorit, she hasn't skied in 20 years. And she's really in her own David Fincher movie. Like, she's just living in her a different world. All the other women are just footloose and fancy free on those ski slopes. They've all done a bunch of times. Crystal's riding down that hill like a pro. Splitz is riding down that hill like a pro. And then Dorit's just going slow down the baby hill. And I loved it. She was scared to death. And I loved it. So then meanwhile, the other gals stop snow skiing or snowmobiling, and then they talk about the Diana situation, and Erica's like, something got to Diana, and that's what happened. And they're all just saying it's like the altitude, and then they say Sutton's apologies aren't hitting, and Erica's like, I got in trouble on Instagram, and so I know what that's like. And I do think that Bamboozle Jane and Sutton could be a good duo. Like, I do feel on some level the two of them could team up, and I might like it. Because every time they're together and they're getting along, I'm like, oh, I kind of like this. Like, I like Bamboozle Jane way more when her and Sutton are kind of teaming up. And they got the southern thing, and I just feel like that would be the most likable. Although, actually, by the end of this episode, you guys, I've never seen someone less likable on camera than Bamboozle Jane. I, mean, I, I know we're going to get there. We're going to get there, but it's just like, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. And then after skiing, Dorit called the kid, and she was like, Hey angel baby face. I love you so much. Mommy went down a hill today. <laughs> Poor Jagger's like, "Okay, mom." <laughs> I went down a hill, Jagger. Mommy did it. And he's like, "Okay, good job, mom." Like, you went down a snowy hill. Like I I got things to do. I got to build a box of Legos and you know, he's busy. He's a busy guy. And yet she's just keeping him on the phone like, "I love you so much. Mommy went down a hill, angel baby face baby." And I bet you PK don't want to take the call because I could just imagine Dorit was, like, texting PK all throughout that ski trip of, like, I did it, baby! PK, baby, I did it! I went down the hill! You know, she's texting him, like, furiously. And then afterwards, she probably called him and he's like, oh, fuck, Jagger, you answer this. Like, he gave the phone to Jagger. (laughs) Like, I can't listen to Mom talk about going down that snowy hill for the first time in 20 years. Like, I'm over it. So then he just made Jagger answer the phone. Angel, baby face! Mommy went down the hill! And he's like, okay. And PK was like, thank God I got out of that conversation. You know, Dorit's got to have that conversation with somebody on camera. And I imagine Dorit, too, went to the producers, like, I'm going to have this great conversation with my family. Like, I'm going to call them and tell them, Mommy went down a hill. And they probably don't want to film it. And she's like, no, you got to get this footage. (laughs) Uh, Before we get into the nighttime stuff, let's take our break here. And then we'll come back and we'll talk more about this episode of The Real House of Beverly Hills. Before we take our break, I want to talk about one thing, this Direct TV Housewives football crossover ad. If you haven't seen it, I will play a clip of it, but you need to seek it out in its entirety because it's so, so good. stars Kyle the Splits Richards, Kenya Twirlmore from Atlanta Housewives, Teresa from Jersey. Let's take a little listen and then I have a lot of thoughts. We're going to break this down, so let's take a listen. With DirecTV, I can get live TV and on demand together. Football, housewives. Football, housewives. Football, housewives. <laughs> Whoops. Oh no. The housewives are on the field. I repeat, the housewives are on the field. All right, give me two mojitos. Uh, take a hot stone massage. I got four! You kidding me? She looks mean. This guy the splits Richards looks mean. Now, I was watching this ad, and I saw Teresa's jersey number is 19. And I was like, that has to be a reference to her, of course, iconic line from the table flip when she says to Danielle, stop, you were effing engaged 19 times prostitution whore of course that's where my mind immediately went to and then i was looking at other things in this commercial and thinking is that a reference to something else is that a reference to this and it turns out i was right because Directv confirmed to me some of these easter eggs that appeared in this direct tv football commercial teresa's number is 19 in reference to engage 19 times kenya's number is 93 in reference to her miss usa win in 1993 Kyle's number six is in reference to Beverly Hills being the sixth franchise of the Real Housewives to premiere. There's also a line in there about uh, running like there are bees in his helmet. And that's in reference to Splits being afraid of bees, which is so, of course, if you watch Beverly Hills Outsides, we know that Kyle is afraid of the bees. And it's just so, so good. There is also a table flip in the commercial I love seeing the Housewives play sports. I want to see more sports playing on the Housewives franchise and beyond. And I'm not going to rest until DirecTV does a spot where Karen Huger is playing basketball, where Candy Burris is playing volleyball, and where Heather Gay is playing soccer, because I need all the Housewives doing all of the football sports and uh, everything DirecTV sports ads for us going forward. And I love this too, because I hear from a lot of people who listen to everything iconic who are couples and usually oftentimes in couples, there's one person that likes Bravo and housewives and one person that likes sports. I thought this commercial played into that beautifully because there often is one or the other and it combined both elements into something that was so beautiful to my eyes. So if you haven't seen it, again, check out all of it in its entirety. This special Everything Iconic Review is brought to you by ACAST Creative and Direct TV. Get your TV together, hook up Direct TV. It's fantastic. You can go to directtv.com slash stream to learn more. And I will be patiently, patiently, patiently waiting for more House Lives playing sports ads, you know, I love a house in I've been a commercial, and just seeing Teresa on the field, of course, we've seen Teresa in bodybuilding competitions, and yet seeing her on a football field gave me a whole different rush of endorphins than I had when I was watching on the Real House, of New Jersey, and seeing these women in different elements. I mean, can you twirl more, of course, catching a football in the ad with a designer handbag I mean there's nothing better, it brought me such joy, such light. So again, go to directtv.com slash stream to learn more. Thank you. That's where Canopy's new filtered showerhead comes in. Canopy, known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, has revolutionized the filtered showerhead. Go to getcanopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy-filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, my listeners can use code everything Iconic all together one word, at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. This episode is sponsored by Los Angeles Tourism. Now, y'all know I'm from the Midwest, but I've lived in California for so long, and I truly do love it here in L.A. There's so much to do. My parents were just in town and said the same thing because we always have something to do when they visit. There's so much good food and drink here. There's lots of pop-ups, rooftop bars, year-round alfresco dining. I love being able to eat outside here all the time, but they really have so many different food options uh, that you can get all the time. Tons of great shopping and fashion. Uh, they just opened up a new shopping center right across the street from where we live and it's just fantastic to be able to walk there. I love that. I love having the sun. I love the attractions, the studios, the lifestyle. You get all the Hollywood pop culture stuff that I certainly love so much. Uh, And also you just get the wonderful weather. It's really a fantastic place. So I want to encourage you all to head to discoverla.com. Again, need more ideas for your next visit? Just head to discoverla.com. Ever since I saw Clueless, I wanted to have the most amazing wardrobe, and that includes all of the clothes inside the wardrobe closet, and that's why I'm excited to talk to you about Quince. Now, Quince has you covered with truly timeless pieces that never go out of style. You'll have them in your closet forever. Quince has... All sorts of must-haves. I'm talking uh, Mongolian cashmere crewneck sweaters from $50. I have a blue cashmere crewneck sweater I got from them that I get so many compliments on all the time. I love it. Plus, iconic 100% leather jackets and versatile flow-knit activewear. The best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80%, less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes us savings all over to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices, along with premium fabrics and finishes. Love that. Makes you feel good about shopping with Quince. Uh, again, I've gotten a lot of stuff there. Just uh, good quality pieces and a lot of different options if you're looking to upgrade your wardrobe. So indulge in the affordable luxury. Go to Quince.com slash iconic for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Quince, com/slash-iconic get free shipping and 365 day returns quince.com slash iconic and we're back girl girl okay i want to remind you all that i do have a great episode out with jody benson who's the voice of the little mermaid ariel and the original disney little mermaid it's a fantastic interview and i thank you all so much for the kind messages those of you have listened to it i think it's really good so check it out if you're interested i also have a selling the oc recap coming on sunday I want to tell you all to check that out. Subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to. Find me on social media at Danny Pellegrino on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And you get signed copies of my book at everythingiconic.store. Okay, so then all of the gals get ready for this dinner. And Sutton's got the sock marks from the snowmobile. And Cherise says that she's got wrinkly ankles. Sutton was so pissed. (laughs) You know, she was so pissed. When Cherise said, oh, I thought you just had wrinkly ankles. Like, you just know Sutton was pissed. Then we see Crystal and Garcelle. They're having some tequila before dinner. They're talking about the earring situation and how Garcelle talked about on the reel and how it's going to air in a couple days. And they say, just give up the earrings. Crystal says she wouldn't want the earrings. Like, why wouldn't you just give them up? Meanwhile, back at uh, Split's house, Maurice says he's going to dinner. Do we really need him at dinner? Producers of Bravo Television. Did we really need to let him come to the dinner? I mean, isn't he was skiing with the gals all day? Then we see him at the house. He's making him corn that's not grilled. And it's like, at a certain point, I'm going to just need you to get Mauricio out of there. Because it's too much with Mauricio work. And then him seeing him in splits with those hats on at the dinner table, I was just like, I can't do this. The only thing I do like is that he was flirting with Dorit, and they got it on camera, and they showed it to us, because I did love that moment. But otherwise, I don't need the man at the dinner. I just don't need it. Ladies, am I right? Anyway, then everyone goes to the dinner. Sutton's getting in the van. And I was getting a little frustrated at this point, because... Up until now, I think the episode was pretty snoozy, right? Like nothing was really going on. We just saw them riding snowmobiles and skiing, but there wasn't a whole ton of stuff. And so I'm thinking, like, let's get to the juicy stuff. I saw the preview. I know Bamboozle loses it, and I know the, all this Kathy stuff happens. So I'm like, let's get to the juicy stuff, and then we spend. I'm not kidding you. I mean, I didn't exactly take a stopwatch as I was watching, but I would imagine it was about it was about probably 15 minutes, like. <laughs> Fourteen or fifteen minutes were spent wasted of just Sutton hoisting herself into that van, into the sprinter van. I'm like, we do not need all this footage. I know it was like kind of funny for a second that Sutton was taking a while to get in the van, but okay, we get in the van. I I literally shot in the screen. I'm like, get in the fucking van. Like that was me at home. (laughs) I lost it at Sutton because I'm like, hoist yourself. Put those hooves into the van and just hoist yourself into that seat because I can't spend any more time here I'm trying to get to the juicy stuff I'm thinking bravo get me there you know bam 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 I need to get to the bamboozle, Jane's legal stuff I don't need 25 minutes of Sutton trying to get in the van I mean and maybe that was just me I was too excited for the rest of it but I was yelling at screen I like, said get in the fucking van like, <laughs> like as if she could hear me Is anyone else feeling like Diana's doing uh, extra Jennifer Coolidge work this episode with the altitude? I think it's the altitude. Anyway, they all sit down at dinner. Kyle, or Kathy says to Sutton, because Sutton's got the bubbies out. And Kathy says, Sutton, you got the little girl bubbies like Paris and Nikki. Otherwise, what you're wearing would be vulgar. And Sutton takes it as a compliment, but she's unsure. You could tell in her face. She's like, okay. (laughs) Then... Erica's talking about her clothes and her clutches, clutches. She's bragging about McQueen and a clutch. She says, I have a bodega suede at Madagascar bag. I could bring it out right now. And, you know, she's bragging about the stuff. And then they talk about the earrings and she says the earrings are actually $1.3 million. So I think originally they thought it was like 750 but then. She tells Garcelle that they're at one point or estimated at 1.3. Then Garcelle says, Why don't you just give them away? And she's like, If they're deemed not mine, why would I just, uh, why would I give them away? It needs to be a final order, justice under the law. If I'm a liar, it'll be proven I'm a liar in the court of law. And Garcelle's like, Okay, but like, you know, the court of public opinion is that you're a monster. And so why wouldn't you just give up the earrings? If Diana Jenkins could just throw away 100K to these people, Why can't you just give up the earrings? And I understand there's more involved. There's a legal situation you got to follow. But as they were saying later on, it's like all it would take is like a couple statements to show that you have some sort of empathy for these people that have lost everything. Like that's it. You don't even have to do anything. That's the whole point. It's like you don't even have to give up anything do anything, change anything about what you're doing. You just have to sort of kind of say something, even if it's complete bullshit, even if you are literally going on the record as some bullshit statement saying, I feel so bad, you know, just say in a confessional. That's all you got to do. And then I really think like so many people would be on our side and we would all, maybe not all of us, but I think a larger percentage of people would be like, yeah, this has to go through a court of law. Like we need to wait and let the court process play out. But nobody can get on her side because she's always being such an a-hole. And so I think that, yes, I agree with a lot of what she's saying of the fact that, like, no, this is a court case and there's a legal situation that has to take place. But just say a little something. Give us a little something, even if it's complete bullshit. We don't have to. You could bullshit us. Come on. All the rest of the gals bullshit us all the time. Like, just do it. It's easy. I mean, I don't get why she don't get that. And she's just so confrontational with everyone, and so it's impossible to get. I wanted to get on her side when she was getting that parmesan on her dish. She was <laughs> the guy, the server, was like putting the cheese on her plate on her noodles, and he's like, "How much you want?" She's like, "I'm on a ton," and I was like, "Oh my god, I'm on her side!" All of a sudden, because I feel that way too. When I'm at a restaurant, I'm at the Olive Garden, they say, "Say when," and they're putting the parmesan cheese on it, and I never say when. We can go twenty five minutes. I will just (laughs) until they have to get a new block of cheese in that Parmesan spreader. I will. That's me at the Olive Garden. Just keep on going. You're going to wait for me to say when. You're going to be waiting a whole lot of time. As get the get your watch ready because it's going to be a lot of time that you're waiting on me. You're going to be waiting on me for a long time if you're waiting for me to say when with the Parmesan cheese. I can't. And Garcelle wanted to give her the heads up about the real talk because it was going to air in a couple days. And then she decides, nope, I don't feel like it. Then Kathy and the cheap purse. You guys, Kathy and the cheap purse. They talk about how she's got this shopping bag. And Kathy was very much dressed like a Midwestern mom going to a TJ Maxx. And that's, I think, why we find Kathy so endearing. Now, a lot of it probably is very manipulative. I think Kathy knows what she's doing in the same way that I think Paris, her daughter, knows what she's doing. And I love watching Paris, but we've seen time and time again with the baby voice, and she, then she goes in an interview and says, that's not my real voice. And so Paris knows what she's doing, and I think Kathy does too. And so she's playing up that Midwestern TJ Maxx mom, and maybe she's not like that behind the scenes, but as it stands and what I'm seeing in the footage on my, in front of me, I am on Kathy's side because I'm like, let her have her fucking shopping bag. I don't care how thin it is. Kyle, being the bully sister in that... Fucking hat in her Aspen hat. She's going around the table. She's like, Feel Kathy's bag. Like, look how ugly her bag is. Could you imagine how humiliating that would be? Like, if I went to dinner with some people and somebody was like, took something in mine and was like, pointing out how ugly it was to the whole table and like making everyone listen about how ugly my bag is, I would be mortified. Like, I would fucking be so pissed at my sister. And uh, by the way, I said that thing about Kim saying Kathy would have my back like a real sister. And I think about my brothers. And there's something about family. Those of you who have siblings, you could hate them, right? Like, you could despise them. But you have their back when other people do not. Or in front of other people, you have their back. And I just feel like Kyle doesn't seem to have that. I mean, we saw it with Kim and with the Rina stuff and saying Kim is close to death. And then Kyle still was friends with Rinna. And when I look back on that, I was like, if that was me, okay, putting myself in Kim Richard's shoes, if I had an addiction problem and my brother friended someone who outed my addiction issues on national television, and I saw my brother hobnobbing around town with them becoming besties, calling ourselves Fox Force Fives, I'd have been pissed. I would know, I don't know that I'd talk to my sibling ever again. And so I know they're hired for a TV show, and so Kyle's got to have relationships with these women, but I still I look back on that, and I'm like, if that was me, and one of my brothers did such a thing... I'd be pissed. And I would be, I put myself in that other position of like, if my brothers didn't have my back on my tequila business and instead were supporting their Kardashian Jenner family, which by the way, did you see Kim's new interview cover? It was like she dyed the eyebrows and she's got the caboose out. And I, I don't know. Is anyone else feeling like a little bit like they're on the decline? I feel like they're on the decline. Anyway, the 818 tequila, and, uh, they're getting more press than Kathy's tequila. And honestly, they should have called it Kathy's Tequila. Okay. Rena's got the Rena Rose. Maybe it was a good thing because if it was Kathy's Tequila, it tastes like piss water because you know how I feel about that. Moving on. Uh, So then back at the rental, they all shut up. The driveway's heated, which you know that means they're rich. And then they're all kind of drunk. Erica's drunk. She says, Uh, they are changing clothes because Rena gets on like the pajamas. She gets on Garcelle's pajamas. And then Erica's like, why'd you do that? And she's like, I ain't taking shit off unless it's for a man, bitch. You know, she's just doing... She's doing a lot of swearing. She's doing a lot of aggressive, like, bitch work. Hey, bitch. Hey, bitch. You know, like they always do. Rena gets stoned, though. And I did like stoned Rena. Like, I have to say, I got a shout-out to stoned Renna. Because there was something much more chill about Rena's presence when she was high. Because normally, I just mention the bitch work. And it's like, normally we get the, like, hey, bitch! Hey. You know, normally that's what we get, like in every scene with Rinna and Erica. But when Rinna was stoned, I was like, This version of her is fantastic. Like she needs to eat those weed blueberries all the time because she was chill, she was relaxed, she was she wasn't doing all of that like ha bitch thing. And it felt really good to me. And I was like, This is the version she was also telling everyone to eat the the weed Blueberries and Cherie was eating one. Cherie's sort of flopping for me. And I don't, Cherie's just not giving me anything. And I want to yell at the screen like, Cherie, do something. Like, do something. I don't know what, but like, figure something out. That's how I feel about these people who come on and they're just on the sidelines. On the Potomac Housewives, we see in the trailer, Escala's not coming back. And it's like, that's because Escala didn't do nothing last season. She looked great. Or Moneta on Atlanta Housewives. Or remember that one season three New York Housewife? It was like Jen or something. I don't even remember her name, but it's like these people who come on and they're just sort of on the sidelines. And you think to yourself, like, you got to do something. You got to step up and you got to step up early. That was Eden Sassoon's mistake. She only stepped up in the finale. And it's like, you got to, you got to bring it. And so Cherie's not going to be back next season either because she's not doing nothing. And I w- would like her to do something so that we could see more of her lifestyle. So. These ladies, if anyone out there is listening and you get cast, not as a main housewife, but like as a friend of, you need to go in there unhinged. I don't care. You just start yelling, shouting at people, throwing stuff. It doesn't matter. It does not matter. You just <laughs> you just get that red light on you. You make sure the camera's pointed directly at your eyes, your face. Otherwise, you're you're gone. That's my advice. If anyone is looking for advice, if you're going to be a friend of, of a housewife, you need to step up and do just completely unhinged stuff. What does it doesn't matter? Does it matter? Anyway, Rena stoned is great. Kathy, this is when she brings up the tequila and the vester, and Kyle's being rude, and they're all sort of side eyeing her. And he goes, "I thought we'd do a bottoms up." And it's like they're all promoting all their other stuff, but the minute Kathy wants to do a bottoms up with her tequila that she invests in, they all act like she's nuts. Uh, at least Mauricio wasn't in this scene, though. Get out right now. So then Diana and Garcelle and they're all talking about the victims. Diana says that Garcelle should do something for the victims. And I think that was probably what I think Diana saw the episode this week, like they send her the screener because they, you know, they send the screeners for the cast like sometimes the day of or the day before. And so when the news came out about Diana, I bet Diana watched the screener and she saw that in the confessional, she said Garcelle should donate if she feels bad for these people. And then that was when Diana decided, like, oh, I'm going to give 100K. So then Room 23 gave 100K, so good for her. We do want to support th- – I mean, I do want to say, good good on her, good on her. I do not care for her, but good on her. Got to give a props where where the props are worthy. Then, let's see, Garcelle and Crystal confront Erica. And this is when Erica's – did you, anyone notice her voice lowered three octaves? So She's like, I'm not doing anything required of me outside the law, in a court of law. This is not court of public opinion. The law matters. And if you don't get that, get the fuck out. In her voice... <laughs> 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 that even hurt my voice to do. I felt like I was doing my Luanne impression from Ross's <laughs> new York chic c'est You know, my cookie monster impression. But I feel like that normally Erica's voice is like, in the court of blah, not in the court of public opinion. But this time, it was like a demon took over Erica Jane. It was like that demon came out. And that demon's like, get the fuck out! You know, like, I swear, it was like, I don't know what happened. What happened? You know when the, what was that movie? Gremlins? When the cute gremlins turned into the demons? I felt like that's what happened to Bamboozle Jane in that scene. She had a a shot of 818 tequila or something. And it was like, she did her bottoms up. And then all of a sudden she turned into a gremlin demon. And it was like, what is going on? I had never heard her voice that low. It, it must've been at least three octave. I don't know. Can we get a vocal coach on here? Maybe we can call up Asher, see if he knows anything about vocals, because I would like to know exactly how many vocals it lowered, because it sounded like me when I was in middle school. I remember anyone gay out there, you know, you used to answer the phone in middle school and they would call you miss or ma'am, or they'd think you were your mom. I mean, the amount of times that I would answer the phone when I was a child, and they'd be like, hey, Lynn, and it was like talking to my mother, Linda, and I'd be like, nope, it's her son. (laughs) Gay people know what I'm talking about. And then you start to answer the phone, and you're trying to do like a low voice. You're like, hello. You know, you try to do it as low as possible, because you're realizing that every time you answer the phone, somebody's calling you Linda Pellegrino, and you're like, it's not Linda. People are confessing things to you before you even get out the fact that you're not Linda Pellegrino. So they're like, Lynn, I got to tell you about my divorce or something. And you're like, I'm not Linda. Okay, and Sue. So, like, <laughs> no, Ann Sue didn't call about that. But you know, you get what I mean. Anyway, uh, so the voice lowered. And then Erica says, no one's telling me to care about victims. She, she says, I care about me. Uh, there's people whose money was stolen from, Crystal says, and Erica's like, cite it, cite it, cite it, cite it. And then Erica says, I understand people have passed away and I feel terrible. We have to find out what happened to their settlement. And then Kyle chimes in and is like, well, say that you feel bad about it. Say that it's a process. Like All you have to do is give, again, a bullshit statement. That's all you got to do. And then Erica just keeps saying, I don't give a fuck about anyone else but me. And Garcelle's like, well, so don't you believe there are victims? She's like, it's still in litigation, and it's all they're saying is like, don't be just don't be an asshole. Like, just say uh, it's so easy, and it feels like so. She says she's following the law, which yeah, good, great, grand, but don't be, uh, don't be an asshole. That's my court of law, (laughs) and that's the that on that. Don't be an asshole. And then Rin and Dreet are like whispering to each other, like, we gotta get her out. We gotta get her out. This is all happening on camera. So it's like everyone, even her best of friends know that she's not coming across well and she's being an asshole and she's drunk and she's whatever, which meanwhile, I thought Garcelle had sat down with her and Erica said she's not going to keep drinking anymore because she's on the medication. So she needs to stop drinking. Now she gets to the altitude in Aspen and Aspen just starts drinking. I mean, it's like, what is going on? What's happening here? What is happening? And then they get her out. They're like, we gotta get out the demon. You know, they don't say demon, but that's what they mean. They're like, the demon took over. we got to get her out. Get out the demon. And then uh, Dorit and Rinna, they sort of get her out. And then Erica's leaving the house, and she's like, I pray to God your shit doesn't get fucked up like mine. I'll fight all night with these bitches. What about facts? You dumb... You know, she's saying all these bad words. I'm not even going to repeat them, because I've had enough. Enough! 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 I've had enough of Bamboozle Jane. I've had enough about Mauricio. And I've had enough of the Aspen Hats. That's what the, the Danny's enoughs for this week are those three in that order. Actually, the Aspen hats are number one. I'd rather take Bimbizzle Jane than the Aspen hats because this, this is, this was a good episode, you guys. It was whether I know Beverly Hills last week, especially was the hardest to watch. And don't get me wrong. I, I really do believe that this was hard to watch Erica Jane just keep digging herself this grave. And it is, it's so dark to watch this woman seemingly have. No empathy for these victims, even though everyone's saying like just have a little like people are telling her to have some empathy. But that part is dark. I will I felt dicky about that. Didn't we all I mean watching it is like just say something. Just say one little thing. Just one little thing. One little thing. But again, this is the most unlikable cast in the history of Housewives. I mean, I, I was really racking my brain. I was thinking like, when has Housewives had a cast that's just like this openly sort of unlikable? Like they don't, I don't even know that they're trying to be likable at any, and you would think on Beverly Hills because they're in Hollywood and they understand the television industry and fame and all of that stuff. You would think they would have some level of self-awareness of like, I'm not coming across well. And, we're all looking like monsters and they have maybe moments of it, but then I don't know. I ultimately think like Garcelle's the only one who's sort of like aware of, and sometimes I've complained about how Garcelle oftentimes in her confessionals will say things that she doesn't say in person. And I think there's because she has some level of self-awareness that she wants to come across well. And so, yes, it's frustrating as a viewer of housewives, but also I'm like understanding, Oh, Garcelle has that filter to some degree where she is thinking about how she's coming across on television, whereas some of the other gals, I'm like, what are they doing? Like, what is that choice? Kyle just shouting about Kathy's thin bag at the dinner table. I'm like, are you not aware of, like, how this makes you look? <laughs> it makes you look like such an asshole. And then when they're saying Sutton's a mean girl, when they're all in a group calling her to see you next Tuesday, it's like, do you not see how crazy that is? Oh, I feel like I'm on crazy pills. Right now. I can't. I'm sure I've mentioned this many a time on the show, but I use DoorDash all the time. And I'm sure so many of you are right there with me. When you need a meal, you hop on DoorDash. And that's why I'm so excited to tell you about DoorDash's Dash Pass. It's the most affordable way to get anything in your area delivered to your door, helping you save lots of money, lots of time with every one of your DoorDash orders. So it's really a big saver with zero dollar delivery fees and lower service fees on your eligible orders. Dash Pass makes it super easy to Save on restaurants or retail items, groceries, all your local favorites that deliver on DoorDash. Because I don't just get my meals, I also get a lot of groceries. You can get, again, retail items, local stuff. Dash Pass, too, pays for itself in just two orders on average, making delivery even more worth it. Plus, Dash Pass gives you special access to exclusive promotions, member only, uh, menu items, uh, all for just $9.99 a month. So get more from your delivery for less. Sign up for Dash Pass today only on DoorDash. Use code Iconic24. That's Iconic24 and get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $12 or more after signing up for DashPass. Subject to change. Terms apply. Again, use code ICONIC24 and get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $12 or more after signing up for DashPass. Icons. Did you ever watch True Blood? I was obsessed. I thought the men on that show, Alexander Skarsgård, Ryan Quanten, I was in love with him when that show was airing. And I thought it was just so good. And so that's why I'm so excited to tell you about the new season of the Truest Blood podcast. The Truest Blood podcast is fantastic. If you haven't listened before, it's hosts Kristen Bauer and Deborah Ann Wall, who rewatch and tell true stories from the set of HBO's iconic series, True Blood. They discuss the episodes, the blood, both fake and real, and all the sexy bites in between and this season of the podcast they cover seasons three and four of True Blood uh, where there's more werewolves witches and vampire royalty on the show plus I have really great people who worked behind the scenes of the show coming on and talking about the show lots of that to come I think we're all pop culture junkies here and one of the things that I love about pop culture is seeing how the sausage is made and so I think that's why we're all going to be so excited to listen to the Truest Blood podcast so check it out uh, and also check out the show True Blood Watch all episodes of True Blood on Max, and listen to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. We gotta talk about the Real House of Potomac trailer. Now I'm just gonna play a little clip from it and then we'll talk about it. So let's um oh next week on the show, real quickly, next week on Beverly Hills, we get drinking out of a gun, apparently. They're oh, this is good. They're lighting Kyle's hats on fire. Woo! Happy about that. Finally lighting them on fire. Can't wait to see that. Then um Dorit and Crystal go at it. Kathy's pissed about the tequila, and I'm very excited about next week. Can't wait. Uh okay, so let's talk about the Potomac trailer. Let's listen to a little clip and we'll chat about it. Atomic, we know how to do things here with elegance, elegance and class. We know how to argue. Yeah. Shut the f up. It's raining. Don't come at me again. He's a sneaky link. You want to say that my husband made you feel uncomfortable? 100%. Giselle is dead to me. What you will not do it with my mouth. You understand me? I'm going your ass in this She's place. Play the face, bitch. Our class remains unmatched. You want to take a shot with us? Did you can very sh- in the woods? Was, yeah. yeah. Does a frog have a water watertight asshole? What? Huh? Does a frog have a watertight asshole? Ooh, I feel blessed. Does not everyone just feel blessed? Last week we get Salt Lake City trailer, which looked phenomenal. This week we get Potomac trailer, looked phenomenal. The fact that we're getting these two franchises uh, very soon, it's premiering, like I said, October 9th, which is my birthday. And so it's a gift from the Bravo Gods, and I just feel like so grateful that Potomac is coming. It all looks fantastic. Now, they don't have a big legal drama like on uh, Salt Lake City. However, what they do have is a cast of characters who's been around since the beginning because they're all all all-stars. They have what, five, six? Charisse is back, so she's an OG of this cast. We have Ashley, we have Karen, we have Giselle, we have Candace who's been around since the early days. I mean, these women have all been there. Robin, since the beginning. All these women have been there for a very long time. Wendy and Mia are the newest, but this cast is just an A-plus all-star cast. I mean, now this Karen Huger and Charisse thing is very fascinating to me. I, for one, am very excited about Charisse, because I never liked that they got rid of her, and I'm excited she's back. It's also rumored that Katie Rose is coming back for like an appearance. I don't know that she's going to be in it much, but Charisse is like an official friend of, so she's going to be around quite a bit. She gets into it with Karen, and also... It looks like Candace and Ashley almost team up. Like it looks like it probably ends, but there is a scene where Candace and Ashley are getting along and Ashley says she hooked up the hockey player because she left the husband who was grabbing ass. Remember Michael Darby, that monster? Ashley finally she finally got out of that relationship. Get out right now. She said, get out, leave, you ass grabber. I mean, what a monster that guy is. And I don't even know if he's appearing on the season because I think they filed for divorce or whatever. And he's not shown once in the trailer for that one scene where he's like, looks like a demon when he's drinking and like trying to fuck Juan or whatever that scene was. You know what I'm talking about? That was a footage from like two years ago where he's laughing. He's like, hey, hey." he looks like an evil villain. And that's the only footage we saw of Michael Darby. Which, good, I don't want to look at that man. And I'm glad that Ashley's going to be in her single phase and she finally fucks a hockey player, which good for her. Everyone should fuck a hockey player. I mean, ladies, if you haven't, maybe just hop on the ice. Hop on the ice. Find yourself a hockey player. Because I think that's one of the best. When it comes to sports, do you ever think about that? Like, who's the hottest sports guy player to fuck, right? Like... <laughs> I always think like I like a baseball player's body basketball players have like the tall lean body which I really like and then football if you like like a stockier build I love a thigh and so I think that's good when it comes to uh, football rugby players have the best thighs so I think like that's a really good one to fuck. and then hockey players are kind of like beefy all around and so I think they're a good mix I mean really any of them If you're looking for a lay, I'm not saying you should be in a relationship with a sports player. No, no, ma'am. Certainly don't think that because it's not okay because they're out out screwing people left and right. So I don't think dating a sports player is good long term. But if you just want to get a slump buster in, you know, someone that you could hook up with and move on from somebody else with, you know, slump buster, that's when you're in a slump. You haven't had sex in a while or you've been with a relationship for a while and you got uh, left someone. That's a. You need a slump buster. You need someone to help you get out of your slump. And so Ashley Darby's looking for a slump buster, and she found herself a hockey player, hopped on the ice. I'm good for her. Proud of her. And so her and Candace are getting along. But then, then there's all these allegations about Chris, which he's out late at night. He's, Candace says, why are you out till 1 in the morning? And then Giselle says he texted me, and Ashley says he texted her, sent me DMs like you should be here. And that is inappropriate. Chris, you need to cool it. What are these men on Bravo doing out till the wee hours of the morning? Or it happened on Selling the O.C., which we'll talk about on Sunday. But it's like these men, what are they doing if they're in married relationships? Being out till that late with, the? Uh, it's not okay. And, and these men need to cool it. These men need to cool it. Go to bed. What, there's so many things on TV to watch. What are you doing out at a club? I mean, uh, seriously, what do you need to be at a club for? Drink your tequila in bed like the rest of us, and watch Dream Home Makeover on Netflix. Like that's what you should be doing at one in the morning or asleep, Sleeping. I'm asleep by eleven most nights. I mean, I'm looking at these men. Like, how do they have the stamina? Aren't they tired? I mean, I don't know what he's doing for work now, Chris. I mean, I know he's cooking stuff. He shows up on my TikTok a lot, right? Did anyone see him on on the TikTok? He's like cooking stuff, and I always like Chris. But now he's sending, and not only that, but sending cast members different messages, like, come meet up at the hotel or something like that. Like, Didn't you learn anything from that ass grabber Darby? I mean, what is he doing? And then what else? We have Wendy's in some sort of hospital situation, and then her and Mia get into a situation. Mia, I've never seen someone, I'm glad that she's back, because I've never seen someone so casually throw things at other cast members. I mean, it's truly an art form that I just have to say, Bravo to you, Mia, because last season we saw her with the salad. Remember, she just casually tossed the salad. you know, Not metaphorically. She actually took some lettuce and threw it at Wendy. And now, this season, was it Wendy or who did she throw it? I think it was Dr. Wendy. Anyway, this season, she like casually throws a glass and it's like something is about... Is she, was she a dancer? She's just so light on her feet when it comes to violence amongst the other cast members. And I have to do uh, nothing but applaud it because I've never seen such a thing. Normally, when we see the housewives getting to a physical altercation, we can see it coming from mile away. Like, we can tell that Sheree's going to pull Kim a wig, or we can see that Tamara's going to throw the glass or something, but Mia, she's stealth, like she's... Uh, What's that? She, I don't know. She must do some sort of dance or maybe she, Mia's really into parkour or something because she's very light on her feet when it comes to that. And we know that she has very uh, big, wide hooves. We know that from last season. Remember, Candace, like you're stomping around with them big ass feet. You know, she's hoofing around. And so we know that her, we know that she's got the thick feet. And I'm not one to judge. I was always someone who my brothers used to call me Fred Flintstone feet because I have, my because my feet look like bricks, they used to say. And so I think that Mia and I probably have very similar hooves. And the fact that she's got such large feet and yet she's still so light on them is something to be applauded. It must be parkour. It must be that. Or maybe she did, what's that, Krav McGraw? What was that thing that J-Lo did in the movie, Enough? Enough! 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 Or that J-Lo movie where she like, got revenge on the husband. Oh, I love that movie. Juliette Lewis in Sporting Turn. In the whole movie, Jennifer Lopez, she learns this art of Crab McGraw. And then at the end, she just like sneaks up on him and like she's at the house and she's in the living room and this guy comes home and she's like sneaking around the corner. She gave herself a haircut that makes her look like Anne Hathaway and Les Miz when she chopped off all her hair. And so then Jennifer Lopez is just like sneaking around the corner and she gets the guy with her Crab McGraw. So I feel like Mia must have studied the art of Crab McGraw or maybe she just saw the movie enough quite a few times. And so that's where she learned it, but she throws it at Dr. Wendy and I love Dr. Wendy. So I am a little upset that they're feuding. However, I think it looks like a fantastic season. And I just can't wait for my girls to return. And those ladies know how to be funny. And that's what's missing on Beverly Hills. None of them know how to be funny. And I watch these other franchises. I'm like, we got jokes with uh, Potomac housewives. We got jokes when it comes to Atlanta. We got jokes with New York. We got jokes with Salt Lake City. And I watch Beverly Hills. I'm like, where are all the jokes? We need somebody funny to cast on Beverly Hills because I need someone in a confessional giving me some comedy queen. I need uh, someone with the wit of Kenya. Someone with uh, the wit of Bethany, who I do not even care for, but she gave us wit on the house. Is anyone following Bethany's TikTok presence? Can we talk about that? I know I should be focusing on the Potomac trailer, but just if you haven't deep-dived, deep-dove, deep-dive into Bethany's TikTok presence, it's quite a presence indeed, and it's a lot to handle. And it just is a—it's just a lot. It's—I don't even follow her, but they show up on my thing all the time. And it's she's doing like beauty ba- brand stuff, and she's very clearly prepping us for some sort of skinny girl beauty brand, or skinny girl makeup, or skinny girl scare skincare, or something. But she's hating on a lot of these other brands, and she's just ta- always like complain about Meghan Markle or something. I'm like, you need to give it a rest. Like, what is she always going after Meghan Markle for? And then, oh, this is another thing I do have to address on this podcast publicly. There was this thing like Spencer from The Hills had said something about how Lisa Kudrow was not nice to him one day. Came up to him at his party and told Heidi to get away from Spencer or something. And then Bethany said that Lisa Kudrow was like mean to her on her talk show or something. She had a bad experience with Lisa Kudrow on the talk show. But if you go and look at the footage of Lisa Kudrow on Bethany's talk show, which, by the way, Lisa Kudrow didn't have to do her talk show because Lisa Kudrow was a huge star at that point. She was a friend. So she didn't have to go on Bethany's talk show. And if you watch the footage of the talk show, because I went back and looked, because you know I love my Lisa Kudrow – And I went back and looked at the footage, and Lisa could not have been friendlier to Bethany, whose talk show really was a mess, no offense to her or the talk show, but it was terrible. I mean, it was just, it seemingly like somebody was always in Bethany's ear, which maybe there was someone saying, go to the next segment or something. Every thought was so scattered. It's not that I'm one to talk, because what did I just go on a whole rant about the movie? Enough. 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 (laughs) Enough. So what the fuck do I know? But anyway, the talk show was a hot mess. And Lisa Kudrow could not have been kinder. And so I am on Lisa So Who am I going to believe? Uh, Bethany and Spencer or Lisa Kudrow? A legend. Remy Michelle, the comeback. Uh, friends. I mean, she's uh, what hasn't she given us? Hanging up. I mean, I love Lisa Kudrow. Anyway, Bethany is always on TikTok going after different people. And it for, it feels like it's just for, I don't know. I'm not going to complain about her. Moving on. Potomac, House sorry, did I talk about everything? It's just going to be good. I just can't wait for them to return to us, and I'm grateful to Bravo. I'm thankful to the gals. I never want to see Karen and Giselle off my screen. It seems like they're all sort of turning on Giselle, too, which I think that'll be interesting to watch play out. I mean, I know Robin and Giselle, they're besties. They have a podcast together. They were on Ultimate Girls Trip season three together, which hopefully is premiering soon. But uh, Giselle, it seems like Candace, she says she's done with Giselle. She's done with her. And... I'm going to watch what happens. I'm going to go to bravotv.com for more information. I'm going to watch what happens live. And I want to thank you all so much for listening to this episode of Everything Iconic. Again, check out that interview with Jody Benson. It's great. And uh, shall we do our cheese little cool down? I think we need to. Let's take a deep breath in. Hold it. Breathe out. Let's take one more deep breath in. Oh, wait, we didn't even talk about Sheree's clothing line. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Breathe out. Okay. Stop. Stop what you're doing. (laughs) Stop what you're doing. We're not done. I have to very briefly just mention Sheree's. Shibai Sheree finally launched. And is anyone following all the drama with Shibai Sheree? So, first, it was concluded that some of the designs were similar designs as, like, other designers. So, like, there was one uh, jogger suit, or I don't know what you call it, but it was also being sold on Amazon and Walmart and one of those other, I forget the name of, like, those fashion brands. So, you could buy this set for, like, $30 $30 or one place had it for maybe like $7 or something. Now, Sheree's has her little logo on the chest. But this is something that happens a lot. It happened with Sonia Morgan, too, on The Real House of New York. Remember people were saying, Sonia uh, by New York, or whatever the fuck her brand name was. She was selling the dresses that people found elsewhere online. So it's something that happens with the fast fashion. But Sheree's offering this stuff for very expensive. I mean, $130 for a shirt, $150 for a sweatshirt. I mean, like, very expensive. And a lot of people were complaining because not only were these designs you get pretty much the same elsewhere for much cheaper, but that on the show you presented as if it was 10 years in the making and that we were waiting on these designer samples and stuff like that. And so we were sort of bamboozled as an audience, I believe. Uh, but my main concern is, and I don't know if they're still up because the website keeps changing. You know, at first, the night that it was released, I went on there to try to get some clothes and I couldn't because there was too much traffic to the website. It had to be shut down. But then you could get to it and see some of the fashions, and I was looking at some of the T-shirts, and they didn't even steam the T-shirts that they're selling for $150. They're wrinkled in the shots, and I'm like, at the bare minimum, if you're selling a 130 140 $150 T-shirt with a picture of an emoji on it or something – at the bare minimum, at least make it look like you steamed the shirts, right? Like, And I don't even blame Shreve for that. I mean, she should have stepped in and said, we're not putting this on the website. But who was running that photo shoot to make it look so bad? Even the model should have said, this shirt is wrinkled. Like, we can't take a picture in it. That's not a good way to sell our merch. So I don't know where the website stands now. People are pissed about it. And I didn't get a chance to because the website was down. So I didn't get a chance to buy anything. And I don't know that I could justify $150 for that. But anyway, I just had to update us because whew, it is a lot of drama. She by drama uh, because it's, we were bamboozled a little bit. But I hope she gets together. We're all rooting for Shreya. And I want her to get together. I want her to have her succeed. I want her business to succeed. But there's some things that need to be worked out. And so hopefully, I think so many people are calling her out. So I hope it's actually just a good way to be like, hey, I got to change this. right? Like that's, And then she'll come back better than ever. Uh, But Sonia Morgan, the same thing happened again with her dresses. Anyway, just had to mention that briefly. I'm sorry that we did it at the last minute here. We were trying to cool down, and now I just worked you all up about She by Shiree. But I love you all so much for listening. We're rooting for Shiree. We want her to succeed. Uh, And thank you all. Love you. We'll be back next Sunday with an episode recapping Selling the OC. Love you all. (laughs) Bye-bye.